Hello, everyone. It's Leah with the Modern Sage Podcast. Today, we are continuing the story of the house on Whedon Street and my um, experience there. I'm really glad that you joined. Before we get started, just another reminder, follow me on social media at Leah the Modern Sage or visit my website, leahguy.com to be reminded of these podcasts, to see upcoming events, courses, uh, books, audio, and, and more. So I'd love to have you join me there. Okay, so I actually just returned from the house. I spent the weekend there. John and I went, we did some work on the house. We did some holiday fun. And I also had to take care of the Airbnb. So where we are in the notes now, we've moved up until 2021. At the end of 2020, I had finished remodeling the downstairs and it has been an Airbnb ever since and a very busy one. Lamberville is a kind of a tourist destination in New Jersey. It's a beautiful town filled with antiques and art galleries and restaurants and events and all kinds of things. So it's very populated on the weekends in particular, and sometimes during the week as well. So the Airbnb has been going, and I, I guess I want to say that when people are in the Airbnb downstairs, and I was living upstairs and by myself, I always felt a little more comforted during those times. So over the course of the rest of 2020 and to 2021, um, things were just kind of moving along as they have been in the story, me having nightmares from time to time, but they became a little less frequent after the tree came down. Um, after the house energy clears came, I began doing some of the work that they uh, suggested. And just overall, the energy was feeling slightly better. And I was getting uh, obviously more comfortable in the space. However, I wasn't comfortable. But when Airbnb people were there, it was always interesting if I got to talk to them to find out how their night was, how their sleep was. Some people follow me on Facebook and knew about the house and purposefully booked the house for an Airbnb to come experience the energy there. Um, at that time, I had promoted it on Airbnb under my personal profile and had told some of the story and I had ghost hunters come and a woman bring, brought her son and he had a special ghost camera. He actually didn't have the batteries or the batteries ran out when he got there. <laughs> But anyway, so people were kind of showing up as points of interest, but I never made a big deal out of it because obviously I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable who wasn't comfortable there. But several people told me they had experiences. They either had very bizarre dreams, like they were going back in time. Some couples would have the same dream simultaneously and they wake up and they were sharing the same information in their dream time. Other people felt people like they were being um, touched or stroked on their arm, kind of padded, nothing terrifying or extreme, just a little, just a little uncomfortable, maybe for some people, but overall people love being in the house and being in the space. Now the upstairs is available for an Airbnb. And that's what I've been working so hard on. And I have my first guests last week. So I'm excited to see how this goes, and I will be sharing more of the story with them as well. So we're up to October, like 2021 at this point, and it's Halloween, obviously. And those of you who've been listening know that Halloween for me is a little bit of a, has been historically a triggering time, not a triggering time, but an uncomfortable time. It's when my rape happened, my 
grandfather died, um, other things happened in my family and so forth. So it's not a particular time that I love, but I've started to learn over the years as I healed and as I kind of made space and acceptance to all things that have happened, how to celebrate Halloween. But still, I really didn't want to be in the house by myself. <laughs> so John was there and he came to stay and we did have guests, Airbnb guests downstairs. Even still on a night like tonight, I think both John and I were kind of on high alert. And so we watched a movie we hung out. We did a little Halloween stuff. And then around 11 PM, we went upstairs and things started to get kind of active, if you will. The noises began and John got a flashlight out. He went up to the loft near the bookcases and there was nothing there. He beat the walls and went searching with the flashlight in case there was actually some kind of rodent in the house, which as you know, I've had plenty of spiders and mice and flying squirrels and things like that, but there was nothing there. The sounds when they happen are kind of indescribable. Sometimes it sounds like footsteps. Other times it sounds like um, scuffle, like something shuffling or something being moved upstairs. So we kind of stayed up attending to the noises. My cat, of course, is highly attuned and he's kind of reacting and responding to everything that we hear. We open the doors to the attic, nothing. After an hour or so, the room fell silent. Now we're in November. I had sealed the downstairs stone crack as the energy clears had recommended. I collected some brick dust from a friend of mine's old house, also an 1800s house, and I mixed it with mortar and I went around the entire crack along the previous doorway and I sealed it with this dust mortar mix. And as I was sealing it, I was saying prayers and blessings of protection, of healing, of release for any spirits. This area of the doorway that I was sealing was where the ghost hunter said the energy was flowing down the hill from the burial pit right into the house. And again, if you remember, this is where Mackenzie saw the Asian woman squatting. So I took really good care to seal that up and say my prayers and do a blessing there. I also placed a green man figurine on the doorway, which was basically in front of that area on an addition to an underground nook. And we use that nook to hide like tools and you know yard equipment and that kind of thing. But there's a wooden door that faces the side gardens and, and faces the stone path that goes up towards the hillside, right towards the burial pit. And the green man symbolizes um, life and death and rebirth. And a lot of people use the green man on their homes or in front of a garden and so forth. So I hung that right on the back side, essentially, if that were one doorway, right on the back side of this opening at the house. I began to share images of the house as I was fixing it up and remodeling it with the former owner with the woman. And she loved this house. They both loved the house. And she was also, remember, tormented in her dream. So she had a very complicated relationship with it as well. And after we texted a bit and I was showing her the, the pictures, we caught up, we wished each other well. And then the next day she texted me and she said, the most bizarre thing happened. 
she was visited that night by what she called, quote, the master. She had a night terror with a vision of him, just like she'd had in the house before. And it was like he had gone to find her, but she was in Connecticut. And so she texted me and she told me about this. And I could tell in her text that she didn't want to have any more communication about the house any longer. And that's the last time we've been in touch. November 15th, I stayed away for the weekend. I went to the city to see some clients. And when I got back Sunday afternoon, it was still daylight. And I came up the side stone steps right near the garden, the garden where we had found the teeth and the other objects and the candlesticks and so forth. And there in the middle of November, not totally unusual, but this rose that I had planted had started to bloom while I was away for the weekend. And it was so tall and skinny, it was over a foot tall with the most beautiful bloom on it. And when I walked up the side steps, I noticed movement. The rose was moving back and forth. Now there was not a stitch of wind. There was no weather whatsoever. It was kind of similar to the night that the tree fell on John's car. There was nothing active. And I thought I was losing my mind for a second. I was, and I, I looked at it and I looked away and I looked at it and I, I thought, what is making this rose move? It was swaying like a pendulum or like a tick-tock of a clock that far back and forth. It was almost like it was saying hello to me as I walked up the steps. It was surreal. It kept waving until I approached the step that was lined up to where it was. And then I walked above to the next level and it stopped. I keep telling myself as I go into the house and leave the house and return to the house and leave the house, the light diffuses the darkness. The light diffuses the darkness. It's become a mantra. December 22nd, 2021, we were indoors. Animals were playing. I was there by myself. John wasn't there. And I was in the family room having dinner, probably watching TV or something. And I hear this loud sound at the sliding glass doors. The sliding glass doors are two rooms over and they are the doors that I use to enter and exit the house primarily onto the stone patio. And I noticed the animals were terrified. They jumped away from the door. They were in the dining room. They jumped away. The cat was so startled. He was looking everywhere. My dog just took off and went up the stairs. And then finally the cat followed him. It sounded like someone was breaking through the door, but the door didn't slide and the glass didn't break. There was just a pounding on the glass. And so I had to go see what it was. I went around the corner and what I see is a huge bobcat staring at me. He took his final two pounces on the glass doors. We met eye to eye. And I had to scream to get him to scurry off. And then down the garden area, he went. Of course, the next night, Cosmo would peer around the corner to make sure nothing was there. I got online and researched bobcats in New Jersey <laughs> and called the wildlife and did as much research as I could on bobcats. And I haven't seen this bobcat since. We've had a lot of visitors at the house. 
And yes, there's woods. And also I'm, you know, minutes, seconds to the main road, but the kind of visitors that show up seem to be somehow sending a message. January 2nd, it's the first time that I've been visited or attacked in my dreams when John wasn't here, at least that I'm aware of. Again, in my dream, and it started, this one in particular started as a really decent sleep with nice dreams. There were several old friends in the dream and a very pleasant man, like someone I knew before, someone familiar, like an old friend. And they were really happy to see me and I was really happy to see them. And that person kept changing into different characters, but still was a nice connection. And I felt safe and comfortable. And it was just, I felt really good. Now in my consciousness during the daytime, I'd started to realize that this energy Edward that shows up in my dreams, shape shifts. He shifts into this dark, ominous creature. He put me on a cart. And at first it was so fun. I'm with a friend. I'm on a cart, almost like a sleigh. And we're moving down these hills. I just, I had a feeling inside that we were just going to roll towards something fun. And I started laughing and woohoo, feeling so free and so connected to my friend. And he asked faster. And I said, yes, faster. And then he said, faster. Yes, faster. And we are moving along and the winds in my hair. And I had this exhilaration at my back and I feel so free. Woohoo. And then his energy turns dark and he says faster. And that exhilaration of my spine turned to a coldness. And I knew I'd been tricked. It's him. His face wasn't trustworthy anymore. And I was nervous. He was behind me pushing the cart. But when I turned my head and looked at the corner of my right eye, I saw a dark shadow. I saw his energy. It was scary. And I knew he was here in that similar way as past experiences. He reached toward my body and in particular towards my left breast. And he began to violate me in a physical and a psychic way. I was trapped. My whole body was paralyzed and I couldn't move. The energy is so intense and terrorizing. All I wanted was to escape his touch and his presence. I began to scream. I remember in my dreams trying to scream and I knew that there was no one there. And I thought I would be taken down forever. I couldn't make words this time. Just pushing out vocals as much as possible in hopes that someone somewhere could hear me. I screamed four times and eventually I woke up. My cat had left the bed and my dog was licking my hand. These dreams are never easy to define when I wake, but I, cause I feel like I'm still in the middle of it. I'm so disoriented. It's like being in another realm. Wednesday, January 6th, the day before I had to put my dog Corky down. Corky was 12 years old and had been disabled for the entirety of his life. I was so tired and exhausted and vulnerable. And John was here to help me with Corky that night in the dream time, I got another visit. A person came to the front door and knocked. I remember it like it was yesterday. When I opened the door, I cracked it open and the person didn't look like a man or a woman. It's, it's like the person looked like a witch, but without the makeup or the wardrobe. There was a long skinny nose, a flat kind of face, as if they came looking for something. This 
being was peering in the front door in the house. As I write, I wonder if they came looking for Corky, knowing he's about to pass over. I told this presence to go away. And I went back upstairs. They knocked again furiously. And I said, you're not welcome here. I remember the look on his face. There was a snarly, smirky grimace. And I, I was forceful with the door and he was pushing back on the door. When I said, you're not welcome here in the witchy kind of voice, he said, oh, really? His face was telling me, don't be so sure. At that moment, I remembered the message from my grandmother on that card. Do not murmur. I remember the message of the energy clearers at my house telling me that I had to take full ownership of this place, that this was my work to do. I gathered all of my energy from the depths of my being and I screamed at him. I said, no, I couldn't resist the energy any longer. I felt like I collapsed, but it seems I had won. The man vanished. And as I struggled in my sleep, John eventually put his hand on mine to gently wake me up again from my pleas. The next day I had to put my precious Corky down. It was heart wrenching. Corky, who struggled for 12 years in a wheelchair, having all kinds of therapies, but still this happy, loving little boy of a dog. He was a wonderful companion. And we put him down at the vets and I requested to take his body with me. And we brought Corky back to the house and it seemed fitting to add Corky to the land there. We buried him at the bottom of the stairs, not far from the garden. And I put a plaque there for Corky. It felt to me like adding a precious, loving and loved being into the gardens was the right thing to do, not only for him and for me, but to help start to shift the energy of this land. That night seemed to me to be the beginning of a transformation. A transformation I didn't know was coming. It felt like all of me was finally in my body. Those of you who work with me, you know, I offer soul retrievals as part of my work. And I've had soul retrievals by other shamans and they've been powerful and wonderful. And the work I do with my clients is also powerful and wonderful. This work I was doing in the house with my guides and with this energy presence and dealing with the traumas of my past with the darkness in my body, with the cellular memory, with ancestral stuff, with the energy of this whole place from God knows how many years and lifetimes back, it seemed that something came home to me, a remembering of parts of myself, of the work I'm here to do, and the power that I have, that we all have, when we are fully in our bodies, soul and self combined. I'm also starting to realize that the plea for the light to break through the darkness is yet another attempt to escape, to escape what is real right now. It is the darkness and the obstacles that create the light. There's richness in the darkness. There's sacredness in the darkness. There's birth in the darkness, information, possibility, safety, 
and a place to cocoon and heal. I was having a major revelation that there is healing in the willingness to go even deeper within. There was a lot of work still left for me to do at this house, but I had a feeling that I was going to be okay. I'm going to leave it there for today. There's more story coming next week on the Modern Sage podcast. I'm so happy that you join me here, that you listen. I love hearing your feedback. I hope everyone has a beautiful day and a wonderful week. And if you need me in any way, please reach out and let me know. Be sure and check out my website, leahguy.com for upcoming online workshops, courses, and more. Have a good day.